Hey, everybody, and welcome to the 35mm Colonoscopy Podcast, the show where we go colon deep with our unfiltered takes on the movies we've been watching. My name is Spencer, and as always, I'm joined by my main man, Gio. I'm also joined by my other good buddy, Aaron, who thinks it's absolutely ridiculous that women make 70 cents on the dollar. He thinks it should be 50. Guys, really special (laughs) podcast today. Really special podcast today. We are talking about uh, just a classic, classic film. Um, It's uh, in the IMDb Top 10. Oh boy. Uh, it's wi- yeah, widely regarded as one of the best movies ever made. Um, and we're going to get into the real nitty gritty of it. We're talking about the 1957 classic Henry Fonda starring uh, 12 Angry Men. All right. Uh, really excited for this one. I'll hand it over to Aaron. Uh, Aaron, why don't you give us your initial thoughts? All right. I have seen this movie in the past. I watched it well over a year ago. I uh, I remembered most of it, actually, surprisingly. Usually with these older movies, you know, you're just watching them for the culture, and you're just watching mm-hmm. them to, like, you know, you gotta watch Citizen Kane, you gotta watch Casablanca, uh, and you gotta watch 12 Angry Men. I mean, it's it's a classic. I mean, you, you've seen this spoofed, like, a million times. Even if you don't... <laughs> Even if you don't know this movie, you know the story, like of the one guy who's convinced that the kid didn't do it, and then you know he's got to convince this other set of jury people who don't really care about this whole scenario that this is like a serious situation and they need to you know uh, get this kid off uh, yeah. of a death row basically. And I I think that this film is really impressive. Like it's it's so. I don't even know if ambitious is the right word because it's really not ambitious when you think about it. Uh, it's it's a it's a movie with a three hundred thousand dollar budget, where they filmed in one set, and they had um, and they had twelve actors who are fucking I guess like thirteen or fourteen if you count in like the, you know, yeah. all the people in the courtroom and like the one the first and last scene of the movie. But I I think this film was great. I I think it's an excellent film. Uh, in every way it's classic like 50s cinema right around like the turn of the corner of like the century with like french new wave coming out and everyone like you know copying that style sorry spencer i know i had to <clears throat> had to get my like... french new wave in mm. apology accepted <laughs> yeah but uh yeah i'll leave it on the french new wave comment uh geo yeah <laughs> god yeah no i mean an absolute um um uh, what is it? Uh, was it absolute giant? Yeah, absolute giant in uh, the American cinema lexicon. I mean, really, this is just like uh, uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, courtroom drama ever uh, written. Really, I think it was originally written for uh, a television play and then uh, turned into an actual play, then uh, then adapted into film form. But I mean, absolutely amazing, uh, a flawless film, really front to back. Uh, this is kind of like uh, just almost like a fantastic. Uh, hour and a half long um, uh, ad for the American justice system in some ways, even though it, even though in some ways it's kind of like critical of it, and not really critical in the direct sense, but like uh, some of the thoughts that it, that it might provoke uh, could be critical of the uh, of the American justice system. More critical but, uh, of the people, I'd argue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, some yeah. Of the, pointing out some of the flaws, but then also it points out a lot of the good that comes from from uh, from our system, you know, and. Uh, Honestly, it kind of, it kind of like uh, uh, riveting. Uh, it, it kind of like uh, it builds, uh, it gets the blood going. It really it has, does a fantastic job of making you claustrophobic. I mean, make keeping you invested in the story. Because sure. I mean, 
I don't know if any of you guys out there have been in a, in, in jury duty, but I can promise you, yep, it is not as yep. as any as any one minute in this film, uh, and it does this this does a, just a fantastic job at kind of um, at keeping pace, keeping interest, kind of uh, it, it fluctuates uh, uh, every now and then, but that's like for that's for good reason, you know, you have high points, you have low points. And uh, it's just fantastically written. I mean, just a masterclass in in, in dialogue and script writing. Very much really. agreed. Really quick, uh, since we were talking about us performing jury duty or people in general, should we have Spencer really quick tell his uh, jury <laughs> oh, duty man. story, the quick version? Uh, let's wait after his comments. So let's bring. You're right. You're right. <laughs> At the end of your comments, Spencer, let's hear the story. All right, let's hear it, buddy. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So I was so excited. To like finally watch this movie because um, again I've heard so much about it uh, and it's probably I think it's the third oldest movie I've watched um, mm-hmm. I think only it's a it's a wonderful life and um, Mr. Smith goes to Washington I'm the only two that are older um, I'm, pro- I'm probably Christ lacking you. behind you guys in my old movie yeah. uh, stock um, so. I'm sorry but yeah, uh, it was so 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 good. This writing was amazing. It remind it feels like whenever you watch these really old movies, like somehow all the actors are good. Like at the very minimum, they're all good. And I definitely don't feel that way when I'm watching movies today. Uh, but I mean, everybody in here, they just feel so committed. Like you watch like the way the guys walk in and they're taking their character so seriously. And they're you know it's jury number nine. He's gonna get like a few lines, but he's you know taking it so seriously when he walks in and um i mean you talk about i think for me like the big three things and then maybe you're looking at like acting writing and the cinematography you're, how it looks what's being said how it's being said and it's almost i mean arguably perfect in like all three of these and we talk about on other podcast episodes we've done where there's cinematography uh and aaron hammers on it all the time cinematography that looks good but has no purpose and this like not only looks good but it has so much purpose um and so yeah i mean we'll get into like the nitty-gritty on this because we really should but it it was fantastic it's certain it certainly met my expectations hell yeah Yeah. i'd love to hear that yeah no uh but yeah speaking of shots god i mean uh the the opening shot really just sets the tone so perfectly i mean just the the uh, the what's it called the the tilt down over uh, overlooking the main floor of the courthouse and then moves like from the from the balcony and then man walks in front and he you know it, the the camera turns with him then it follows another man as he comes out and then you know and then it kind of like focuses on all these like different like um people at once and then moves into the courtroom as the judge as the judge commences his like comments before they all go in and then the camera slowly pans across all 12 of the jurors i mean it's just fantastic fantastic film really it, the the shots are just chef's kiss chef's kiss hell yeah you know your movie's good when you get the chef's kiss from geo mm-hmm. <laughs> and i mean yeah it just does such a like such a good job just introducing these characters just within the first 10 minutes like it gets to the point the pacing of this movie was fantastic i mean you learn so much about who these characters are and there's 12 of them that they go pretty in depth on and they do so like in an hour and a half movie. And, you know, we just, we, I mean, we've talked about a few movies where you're like 20 minutes in, you're like, this, this is so boring. Like, you need to get to the point. This is all just unnecessary fluff and exposition. And there's none of that 
like on here like it reminds me of like when stand-up comedians they when they talk about like what a really good joke is and they say like a really good joke has no fat on it which means like you know if you take you take one word out then all of a sudden that joke it's totally different and this movie is like the same way like everything on here there's like no fat on this movie it needs to be there and it has a purpose and it's just it's excellent yeah yeah no no it's just uh it 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 kind of like i don't know the setup is so simple but they do so much with it i the it, it, the, uh, the um in the in the first like two minutes they're in the uh the uh the room the little jury room they uh they kind of almost set all of the necessary information that's uh needed for each character like you get uh the guy that that, that mentions he's got tickets for the baseball game like hey let's wrap it up and and whatever yeah you know, yep. it's got that classic whatever uh, uh new york accent uh yeah. then you got then you got <laughs> the Yankees. ball game uh, uh, yeah, the ball game, game and shit. <laughs> you know it's uh you always need one of those guys in these movies but um then you have then you have the guy in the glasses you know he's an advertiser you know he's fast talker you know he doesn't take anything seriously blah 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 and uh as the, the old man you know he's blah blah being slow and, the stockbroker uh-huh you have all the all i wonder the yeah i wonder if this one create i wonder how much like this kind of created or like sped up those classic tropes of these characters because this is you know 57 we're going back a ways that's true uh, I, so. I, yeah this is like heavy into the 50s you know like this is pre-vietnam war when you think about it like that it kind of puts into into perspective how like yeah. how old this is this is like oh well over 60 years old at this point mm-hmm. and yeah. uh I, I think it's a real testament that people still talk about this movie i mean we we talk about stuff like citizen kane and stuff like that i mean obviously like those movies are good but they're good in like a different way but for some reason this yeah. movie seems so modern to me you know the way that it's like shot is so interesting and i guess that's just because of the way that they're limited in the room they have they have a lot more to work with than just than you know uh something that's shot outside or in a sound stage even where they're trying to mimic outside i think that's something that this movie does really well is it plays the room really interestingly like with character blocking and stuff and then um i wanted to bring up something else is what uh, spencer was talking about the art the archetypes of the characters is uh the racist guy he's mm-hmm. not he's not played for laughs in this he he's played for nobody's having any of his shit even the guys that are agreeing with him that the guy is guilty they're like fuck this guy i like it, it's so interesting that yeah. in the 50s this was being touched on well yeah like i wanted to obviously the, see you know. like a uh sorry Aaron, did you no 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 you're you're good you're good i was just gonna okay. say it's in the heat yeah, of the uh, what's it called the um civil rights movement you know civil yeah rights, well, well i was gonna, like right I was gonna s- say like there's so many like movies today that touch on race um and this movie does too but i mean it's so much different to touch on race in the 1950s than it is today you're gonna yeah. get a lot more pushback and you got you know this racist character where there's essentially 11 white guys looking at this one racist white guy and being like this is not okay and they're doing this you know seven years before the freaking civil rights act is even passed like that's actual guts in filmmaking that's you know that's that took some balls to do yeah yeah and uh, i love how they how they um intentionally kind of uh leave the the the, the boys like because you only get that one shot of the boy in the beginning just to kind of set the tone just the, just so that the the audience knows that yep. like he is like of another race you know just not white yep. yeah basically and they they intentionally keep 
you know, his, yeah. his race, like, uh, ambiguous, you know, ambiguous, you know, you can just, I mean, you tell he's not white, but, he, you know, you don't know exactly what he is. That way, it's able to be, like, more of, uh, of like, when they mention they, it can just be any minority, you know, it's just, yeah, he, yeah. his race is insignificant, it's not important to the story. Exactly, 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 yeah, no, what's important is the, the, the juror's prejudice or lack of prejudice that, like, in, that, like, motivates their their like um their what they're is it? Their, wanting to hunt for the truth exactly their decisions their like uh, their actions their, what they say all of that is uh, their you know all that affects it really yeah or the, like a you know kind of class touches on that as well could talk about him being from the slums and then um, the one it was like that one the slums. yeah he's like i'm from there he's like well, I'm not talking about you uh i'm talking about the other ones you know exactly. <laughs> it's like okay oh. God, this one, and yeah. this is another one of those movies. one of those movies that just has like just classic line after classic line. I, I, oh I, my I, goodness! Like, you could just name them off for days. I mean, one of the ones I particularly like was uh, I think the old man says this uh, after after um, the racist guy. He, uh, uh, one of the racist guys, I should say. Uh, he um, he says you can't believe a word they say mm-hmm. or whatever. This is towards the beginning, and uh, and the old guy says, "Do you think you were born with a monopoly on the truth?" I don't know. That <laughs> one's like, Ooh, yeah. that's pretty fire. That's a snap. Oh, God. And you can just keep on going on and on with these, with the quotes in this movie because it's just uh, yeah. jam packed to the gills, really. Yeah, I think we, we've, we've talked about another Henry Fonda movie before, but mm-hmm. uh, I think this is, I know he's like known for westerns, but I got to say, this is probably my favorite movie that he's been in. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, I, yeah. I I love the way that he plays like the straight man character here. Mm-hmm. Is it's like, you know, he he really does want to find the truth. Where the rest of these guys, or at least most of them, are just looking to like get the hell out of here. Right, obviously, yeah. we find out that they have different motivations, like you know, throughout the movie, and that's kind of what this movie I think is about. Is like what drives people to make a decision. Uh, and then obviously in this scenario, it's making a decision to end somebody's life uh, for, like by the by law and but yeah. what, what what this film is about is like what drives people like what what do you really care about in the world you know the one guy cares about his prejudice and then the one guy cares about uh his son that uh i forget what happened to him i'm blanking on it right now but they just had they had like a fight yeah they had, they had a fight i'm talking he does not sound like a good dad no no no, no absolutely not <laughs> but but um but but yeah they they all like and then henry fonda's character is like uh, searching for the truth like the true truth and that's what he cares about but and then the baseball guy obviously he's trying to get to the damn baseball game and so he's just voting like oh yeah he's he's guilty he's not guilty halfway through the film and you're like okay and then everyone calls him out and he's like why do you think that he's not guilty and he kind of gets called out and he's like oh i don't I, i don't care you know I don't mm-hmm. think he ever really does yeah. care. Even like at the end of the movie, I don't think that character. They don't, really yeah, does. they don't yeah, explain no, his reason. That, that, that's one of the one of the lines uh, where um where the uh, the old guy is trying to like uh, say his piece or whatever you know uh, whatever speak his piece speak his mind and then the and then that guy the the ball game guy he kind of like walks off like you know dismissing him and like walking into the bathroom and the old guy the old guy's like hey you come on you have to listen to me and blah blah. blah. And then uh, Henry Fonda's character like, yeah. says, uh, "You, uh, he, he's not going to listen to you. He never will." Yep. And, and that's just like oh, one of those subtle ones. I mean, really, it's just fantastic. 
but yeah, it's just really just a, mo- a movie about like the motivations of, of characters that kind of like uh, uh, the motivations uh, of characters and people that not only that doesn't only affect them, but it affects the lives of other people. Affects the lives of you can you can say it's a metaphor for uh, affecting the lives of people around them, and obviously and and how it affects people in the American justice system. How like you know innocent people. Yeah. go to jail every day on uh, on stuff like this and uh and this this uh, this movie kind of shows how like uh decisions like in a jury or whatever ba- uh, that are ba- that get based on what people like you know people want to go home or like just personal prejudice how that affects the people that are actually this is getting affected to this, like the people that actually have to go to jail or, or not go to jail you know for something that they did or didn't do yeah uh, fantastic yeah, one of the, I mean, there's so many things that I liked. Um, just how they show the different perspectives of the case throughout so well from each, like, even if there were people who looked at it as guilty, they looked at it as guilty in different ways, or not guilty, they looked at that as not guilty in different ways, was, I mean, that's kind of testament to the writing, not just in dialogue, but in characters. Uh, and there was definitely, like, as Gio said, a lot of great lines in here. Um, like, I like the one when, um, the angry guy snaps and comes after Fonda. He's like, I'll kill you. And he's like, you won't really kill me, will you? You don't really mean that, which is what they were arguing about before. And they did that like to that old, the crazy guy. They did that to him like two, two or three times. When yeah. they're like, when he said something, they're like, that's literally like what we were saying before. But he's just like in denial of it. But I mean, there's just so much, so many good like setups to it and so many good like, I don't know if I want, plot threads is the right, the right word because there's one plot, but like kind of just like sprinkling things throughout and coming back to them. It was just oh, excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. No. Chef's kiss, as Gio would say. As, yeah, as the great Gio would say. A true chef's kiss, you know. Uh, fantastic. And yeah, Gio, you mentioned that was, uh, I think, originally conceived as like a television play or something. Um, it kind of felt like they shot it like a play. Like, it really felt that way when a character kind of walks off to the side and you get, like, the close shot of that character with them in the background. Like, it reminds me of when, um, you know, a character in a play kind of walks up to the front of the stage. That way the audience could see him thinking, but there's still stuff going on in the background, but you don't know what is going on in the background. Like, I definitely felt like I was watching, like, a play, but in just, like, a movie, like, with cameras, you know? Oh, yeah. No, this no, uh, it definitely did a fantastic job of just seeing seeming like it was just all just one to you know or not one not exactly one take but just one like long movement of yeah. conversation you know, yeah just uh, exactly just one long great conversation and um and yeah i think what uh, i i think one of the things that they did uh before filming was that uh, or like even on the days of filming was um that they like they went into the room and did like they practiced, they rehearsed the whole thing like for hours on end. It just kind of like get the feeling of like just being in the room in one room with the same people like for a long period of time and like just talking like that, you know, it just in preparation for the film. I thought that they they portrayed that very fantastically, especially with the shots. I mean, uh, it, it famously it it went from um, being kind of like above the character's heads, just slightly above the character's heads, mm-hmm. and moving into like where it's level, eye level with all of them. Mm-hmm. And then finally towards the end, really tight close-ups right underneath their fa- all their faces, just to kind of like emphasize feeling of claustrophobia and just kind of like, you know, just being next to these same people that like 
you, you didn't know prior and now you have arguments with yeah the, the, and the stress the of the decision i mean the decision that they're right. making the is weight. about a man's life yeah it's, it's the, weight the weight of it yeah 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 and i think it's interesting that spencer you brought up the point of uh this kind of seeming like a play because that is how a lot of old cinema is shot like original like hollywood movies like a lot of them are shot as they're just like set up a play scene and then they shoot it you know and obviously like they branch out from that and this especially like i think this is like one of the first films i can remember where it really branches out and does something like where the camera is like i, I know geo me and you have talked about it where the camera starts to become a character in later mm-hmm. cinema but yeah. the, i think this is a, a good example of of kind of like the midpoint between that where it's there's some aspects of it that are like a play but they're starting to move into their own style and like an art form that is its own uh which is like you know what what cinema has like evolved into now where you know cameras are like a, a part of the movie and they can move it in certain ways they couldn't before and especially this they could move the camera in certain ways because of the restrictions of like the room that they're in I also liked um, or just a little funny note, but the the leader, like the foreman or whatever, juror number one, is rocking that uh, polo with the necktie look. I like have Mac that note too. Son. Uh, yeah. I have the exact same thing written down. <laughs> oh my god! Where is it? Yeah, polo and tie combo, and then I put Mac in parentheses. <laughs> I wrote the same thing. Yes. <laughs> oh, what an amazing! And yeah, while we're on like say. while we're on like uh-huh. little goof things uh i did notice that um uh in the beginning when they're doing the intro title cards everything is in lowercase do you guys notice that all the people's names know. all the the Can't title say. of the movie are all in lowercase i honestly really? did not notice yeah that. I, I i i noticed that i was I like think that's an what? aesthetic choice yeah I, I oh yeah no i remember this now it was yeah, yeah. i i, I kind of liked it to be honest i i just thought it was like a funny like while we were bringing up like little goof parts of it <laughs> Yeah, it's a nice uh, touch. It's a nice touch. I think they did. I, I think they did fantastic at at at, at um keeping all of these guys sweaty. You know, yeah. just like yeah. uh, keeping all of them looking like they're sweaty. You know, I, I don't know how they did it. I don't know if they were maybe when they were actually sweating. You know, whatever. But they, they, they all of them just in full three piece suits, like to at oh, Jerry yeah. Duty, just like except for the guy with the polo. That was. <laughs> Yeah, but Fonda was like dripping wet. He was he oh, was yeah. soaked. Soaked. I mean, On you can see his pits, his armpits. You know what I mean? His yeah. back had like a puddle going. Yeah. I thought that one was really good. It was like it, they made it look a lot like actual sweat beads. You know, like around the yeah. mouth and the lips. Yeah. Like, it looked, I don't know how they. Dude, I'm, like, I'm like, thinking actually, that he was actually just sweating. I feel like actually sweating. I feel he like may have just been like, sweating. Yeah, because yeah. like those that those lights on everybody, you yeah. know, and saying those those intense lines. I mean, they they takes you know it takes physical like you you need to be. Dude, you know, I wrote down. I wrote down. Speaking of those intense lines, the guy. Uh, I think it was like Lee J Cobb or something. Uh, I have it right here. Only yeah, Lee J Cobb who plays um the angry juror has to yell every single one of those Oof. lines. Oh yeah. Dude. Um, I mean everything he's doing is at a hundred percent. He, uh, uh, like volume wise, emotion wise, like that must have been just like a an exhausting performance. performance. Yeah. Ooh. And he was that scene, like his final scene when he finally caves in and it's after he flips out and he tears up that picture of him and his son and he oh. just starts crying. Cause you could see like, you know, he probably did not do a great job raising his kid, but he cares uh, like that. He just nailed it. He was so good in that moment. And the whole movie in particular, it was just awesome. No. 
I'm saying, yeah. And while we're on the subject of sweat, God, I mean, we know this. The stockbroker guy, the, we all we all know the scene. Uh, the stockbroker guy, um, where uh, it, 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 they did fantastic. Another great setup that they did among all of the the ones that they that they did in this movie. Uh, in the beginning or towards the beginning, relatively, everyone takes their jackets off. He's the only one that keeps it on during the whole movie. Then the angry guy, the angry juror, asks, "Don't you ever sweat?" He says, "No." Uh, and uh yeah. and then they move on to like they move on a couple more scenes it's kind of like almost like a, just like a one-time thing and then when uh when henry fonda questions the stockbroker after after the stockbroker says like uh it says that he would remember something like a like a movie immediately after even under i mean uh, even under emotional distress yeah something as simple as that and then just and then henry fonda just questions him on like what he did that day the day before and the day before that and he gets it wrong and he starts to you know feel the feel the heat really you start to feel the pressure and is a fantastic tight shot where it's like just kind of like yep. shoulders above and the off-screen light just like hits perfectly on the single bead of sweat coming down his yeah. his uh, his forehead oh jeez oh uh, he gave him the chef's kiss God. again two <laughs> chef's kisses God. This uh, I mean, I'm gonna, you're gonna see you're gonna you're, you're gonna see plenty in this one that one oh god that i <laughs> Uh, that was one of those uh, one of those shots and uh, one of those uh, it was just like fantastic setup and payoff you know it's just, oh god fantastic you know it's just really it's superb no i i definitely agree and what the, what they probably did in that in that shot is in in like old um like cinema when it was like mostly black and white they had these little lights that they would shine there they would use like re- to reflect like like specific areas and they would use it on the character's eyes. I don't know, Gio, if you remember, like especially in like the thirties, they would use a lot of like they would get tight shots on like on like uh like women's eyes. Mm. They would do tight like looking like yeah. I, I can I can yeah. think of one from like Casablanca where she's looking up at, at him like while they're on like the airstrip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they use like these little lights and they reflect them right in their eyes, so their eyes like get that sparkle. I guarantee exactly, that's what yeah. they used here on his yeah. head for the mm-hmm. for the have. for that bead of sweat. Like a- it was perfectly on on yeah. that area of forehead. There was a perfect bead of sweat just dropping. You know, it was perfect reflection, perfect light yeah. shining. It was, it was fantastic, really. Oh yeah, that it was excellent. I I loved that. I love how he like basically like for the people that are very serious in their like reasons why they think that he's guilty. He goes down the mm-hmm. line and pretty much like just talks about it. You know, he yeah. talks about the no, girl exactly. from across the street. He talks about the the guy who um hears it and then runs out his door. He just goes yeah, down the line basically, and then the knife yeah. especially too. It's basically just like three points of evidence, and they kind of just go through that entire thing. I think they start off with the knife specifically, which, by the way, uh, if we're, uh, just in case no one knew, uh, it's de- definitely against the law to to bring in outside <laughs> evidence and even just the knife into the courtroom. Uh, oh yeah, you, uh, it's just you, that's he just admits he breaks the law though. You don't, you don't, yeah, you don't do that in the, in a courtroom. Trust me, you don't bring outside evidence. Actually, you know what? You know what? We don't want to tell you what to do. Try to bring a knife into a courtroom. Yeah, okay. We don't want to restrict your freedoms. Tell us how it is. Yeah, let us know how it goes. Don't wear a mask during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Put phone number in the description. All I'm saying is, I would bring a knife into court. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. We have that on record. Boys, we got them. <laughs> we we uh, got them. Aaron, are you the only one that hasn't had jury duty yet? Yeah, I've never had jury duty. Yeah, they, uh, they have uh, 
screening, you're not gonna get that knife. I, I have my ways. Trust me. How do you think I yeah. got a knife in the? Oh, never mind. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> never, oh, never mind. In what? Never mind. Never mind. I don't remember. We had an editing moment there. With both <laughs> oh, you know what, Gio? I think I think it was on the. <laughs> don't no! I didn't. No, I ble I'm bleeping that. I'm bleeping all this. I didn't bring a knife. <laughs> Jesus. No. I don't, I don't know. I'm bleeping I that, and that's not I'm where I brought Spencer. A little dude, impressed. Dude, quick, quick little anecdote. Uh, when I was younger, we went over to visit family in Colorado, and you know, adults are talking about the trip, right? And my mom is like, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, it was it was alright. I had a screwdriver on the airplane, so not that bad." Nice. And like my six year old cousin, <laughs> my six year old cousin is like, "How'd you get a screwdriver on an airplane?" <laughs> oh my god classic while, while we're while we're off topic of the movie spencer do you want to tell your jury duty story in a oh, very quick wow. story yeah i'll classic. i'll condense it yeah i had uh of my history. I, I, I didn't make it to jury duty i was stuck in jury selection but it took like four days because it's a pretty pretty dark and heavy case and nobody wanted it so everybody's making excuses to get out of it and you know it, they're not very fast over at the uh, the courts um, so stuck doing this for four days over summer and I'm about, I'm really close to getting out. We've narrowed it down to like 40 people and you know, they're going to choose 15. So I'm like, Oh, please don't be me. And eventually they dismiss us. But on that day that uh, we were supposed to see once upon a time in Hollywood at the new Beverly cinema at four 30. Um, this is in Hollywood. For those who don't know, I'm in Rancho Cucamonga. It's two o'clock. Those two cities are not close together. So I had to race over. Um, I barely make it in time. Uh, but I don't know where I am. There's no parking for the new Bev. So I park in this weird residential neighborhood um, and my phone just stops working. Aaron, you remember, it just, it just yep. like flipped out. I was texting out, you. Like, I was calling you. Just went straight to voicemail. I was worried. Yeah. And I, I gave it to Aaron to fix it and like he couldn't fix it. It sucked. Uh, but anyway, I'm like lost because I'm in like some weird Hollywood area and I don't live in Hollywood. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking around. There's all these like weird people with like weird beards and like program hats um, who i guess turns out we're in a hasidic uh, jewish community <laughs> yeah they're called orthodox jews i guess orthodox jews, um, yeah and then i find my way eventually find my way to the new bev because I, I had been there once before to see a 2001 space odyssey shout out um good shout and then i go up to like there's a huge line to get in and i'm like oh i'm gonna just walk in and i realize Aaron has my ticket and he is already inside uh, and I can't call him because my phone's not working. So I go up to the, uh, the girl on like the, uh, the LGBT pride shirt. Cause I figured she worked there. Um, and she did. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, Hey, um, God. like my, my friends are inside. I can't, and I don't have my ticket. I can't call. I know my phone. Can I go in and get them? She's like, no, it's uh, it's against policy. I was like, you can come with me. Like I, you can just like come with me and then we'll walk in together and I'll give you, giving me a ticket she's like i'll tell you what i'll go in and i'll try and find them and then they can bring out your ticket i'm like okay i guess we'll do it that way and she's like okay what do your friends look like I'm like oh this is a trap i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna do this right <laughs> and so i'm being super politically correct and then i get to geo and i'm like oh there's my friend geo uh you know he's uh african she's like, i got you and she just walks inside <laughs> oh and my she God. This is where I can take over for. for I agree. The, <laughs> sorry. The, I, I I swear that this this short short um relatively uh, in her mid thirties woman kind of walks down the aisle wearing glasses, literally shouts at the top of her lungs, absolutely belts out. Just is there a Geo Bonnie Vargas in the building? 
Is there a Giovanni Vargas? I stand up immediately. I felt like one of those moms in Walmart when their kid is getting shouted across, when their name is getting shouted across the speakers, you know, like, uh, uh, Miss Vargas, your son is at the is at the front of the yeah. office. He is lost. Please come. <laughs> she said, your friend Spencer is looking for you. He doesn't have his ticket. <laughs> I swear to God. I, I mean, everyone stopped in their tracks. It was a busy, it was bustling because it was the premiere, obviously, of uh, Once Upon a Time, uh, time in Hollywood. Everyone is bustling inside that theater. The entire theater just stopped in its tracks. I'm the only one that moves. I stand straight up and I walk over. Everyone's still watching, and I just say, "I'm like, oh my god!" I just I put my hand over my over my eyes. I'm like, oh my god. Here we, here Funnily enough, totally didn't notice this happening. Me and Ian. Literally, hey, you, <laughs> of course, of course I did. It's fucking comedy. And then I walk out, and and then sure enough, there there he is, Spencer, his. Uh, and and a wounded deer out, you know, standing outside, and we finally see each other. You know, the 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 look of relief on his face was. Uh, oh, was dude, it, it had been a long afternoon. You barely made it, dude. You barely made it. Yeah, like Honestly, had there not been like twenty minutes of like ads, it you know, I would yeah. probably not have been. Sure, the new bev really goes to town with the ads. Oh yeah. They really do. You had to miss the whole episode of Bounty Law that we got to see at the beginning of it. Though. Oh, yeah, oh, that was yeah, so that was cool. Very rare. That was no one gets to see that outside of the new bed right there. That's true. Yeah. That was, that was, we got the little we got pins to too. I got oh, it right got here the, next to yeah, me. That's exclusive, baby. Leonardo DiCaprio buttons right there. They, oh, they didn't, yeah. That was only for opening weekend right there. That was some shit, dude. But, uh, a good good memory though. It was yeah, hot as man, shit outside. We were waiting in the heat. I was wearing black jeans for some reason. Oh, because it was really cold in the courtroom. That's why I was wearing black jeans. <laughs> hey, which I instantly regret. We, we got um, shaved ice from across the street. Shout oh, out to yeah, whatever we that place is called. Big. We were sweating. We were sweating. Casually. Yeah, I had you guys like walk over and get us lunch while I waited in line. You and our other yeah. friend, Gio. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it, was, it, it was, was a good fun. trip, though. We got to see it. Felipe's after. Oh my god. Felipe's if after. Live in Fantastic. The, if you live in the Southern California no, region, anywhere. you need to hit up Felipe's Deli. Yeah, if you live in a make the in road the world. Trip. Yeah, the world, make go the to trip, fucking Felipe's, dude. dude. Have the pickles. Get the, at the very minimum, double dipped. At the very minimum. No, you oh. get it wet as, dude, as wet as possible, right? <laughs> oh, I do. I definitely get it wet. You get yeah. it wet as possible, drenched. brother. You yeah. get that shit yeah. drenched, brother. <laughs> anyway, now that our now that our rant about Southern California is over <laughs> sure. now that i ran about the ranch of cucamonga uh jury selection process is done uh we will get back to the classic 12 angry men um i want to talk about the i think it was the new york guy who likes is talking to fonda in the bathroom he's like you know last year I made 27 grand selling marmalade not bad for marmalade and that's God. that's like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in today's yeah. money that selling nice. freaking butter that's yeah, what right. Not bad, yeah. Like, damn right, it's not bad. Yeah, like, yeah that's really good, actually. Fucking amazing, <laughs> right? You buy God. Now I, I know how you got those Yankees tickets. Seriously, yeah. God. Gotta get to the ball game. Yeah, an all real fan. Oh, oh, he was good. He was okay. Uh, I, 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 oh god, sorry, no. I, I also real quick aside, I want to mention juror number one. Um, oh, I, I'm forgetting the name uh, of this actor. Let me let me see if I can pull it up really quick uh yeah, juror number you. one yeah martin martin balsam he was yeah. actually this is just a fun fact this is a quick aside uh he was actually considered by stanley kubrick to, for the uh to be the original voice of Hal. he wanted he, he oh. wanted, wanted him to be the uh wanted to originally to be the voice of 
of how the the computer, for those that don't know, is in in two thousand space Odyssey that goes crazy, um, and, and try and tries to kill the whole crew crew. But uh, he thought, but Kubrick, um, eventually decided against it because he thought that his voice was too much of like a a, a regular guy, like a you know a working man's voice, you know, just like a regular man's voice. And uh, and he wanted to, he wanted to obviously how to sound more just like you know cold and and a colder and, running. And, and Good alien. afternoon, Dave. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it, but that's just a like a fun little fact there, and I, I thought, I thought that's it was awesome. Great. Yeah, Martin that's a great Balsam, fact. Yeah, yeah, Martin Balsam is one of the great actors of the uh, of the day. A truly magnificent, magnificent. Yeah, actor. I want to I want to talk about this acting more because again, I feel like everybody in this was so good, and you definitely don't see that anymore today, unless it's like a like an unusually stacked cast that you just spend like tens of millions of dollars on. Mm-hmm. So like, what is it where there was just like the quality of acting or at least the consistency was so much better back then? Do you think it was like people are more pursuing that job for like the craft instead of like Definitely. fame? Like what's... No, I, you know what I think it is though? I think it's just uh, another one of those things that's just kind of like it, it, you only... The, the ones that... The, the, uh, even though there was a great uh, deal of movies that, was coming, that were coming out, uh, in, in that day, the ones that we still talk about are the ones with just fantastic that that were just fantastic, and what what comes with that is the acting. You know, those that's the ones that we still talk about, the ones that we still know today. Uh, uh, they're great for a reason, and, uh, and a lot of that comes, you know, the actors of the day. And uh, another thing, uh, I think actors in those days were a lot more, you know, blue collar. They were a lot more. Uh, they were just like you know, do one thing, kind of like. I kind of compare it to like when Tyson goes into the ring, like all business <laughs> and stuff like that. It's just kind of like all business yeah. to these guys. It's just like, you know, another day on the job. It's not really like, uh, sure, the fame comes with it, but it's really just trying to. Well, yeah, that's it. definitely agree. That's why that. they had such a, such a cool, the older guys is such a cooler vibe about acting. I forgot, I forgot whose quote it was, but it's like a prominent older actor. It was like, you know, he's, his quote was, the worst day on set is better than the best day anywhere else. Yep. You know like, what? I think that's from, you know what? Oh, my God. I think that's from the disaster artist. I swear. That's from oh, the my disaster God. Artist. You might be right. Dude, oh, my God. No, it's Jackie I, you know Weaver, isn't it? It's, it's, it's Jackie the, Weaver. Oh it's God. the woman that plays the oh old my God, woman right. that gets breast cancer. The one that gets breast it's cancer. It's Jackie Weaver, the, dude. The mom in the white room. Yes. It's in the scene when they're all having lunch and they're like, why do you do this? And she's, oh, I After feel she so fucking exposed. Passed out. She literally oh passed my out. I, God, I swear, I know this because I just rewatched Gio, it like the other week. The other Gio, week why'd you do this to me? Oh my oh, god, that's so funny. That's so funny that you just dude. I thought it was I, I I swear to I swear to god, I thought it was Dustin <laughs> Hoffman. I thought it was Dustin Hoffman or oh Anthony Hopkins god. who had said it. <laughs> For some reason I thought it was Dustin Hoffman in uh Mr. McGordon Horner Emporium had said oh that amazing. acting. Oh my god, with, uh, with Natalie job. Portman. You guys remember that with Natalie Fantastic Portman? Shout out to yeah, Natalie Portman. <laughs> I think oh, it's a very overlooked film, which is which oh, is a shame. Oh my god, that is hilarious, Spencer. You just referenced a quote from the disaster well, artist as like a serious piece of filmmaking and uh, it is. Uh, first of all, that's one of my that's a that's probably it's a, a top three A twenty four movie for me. Uh, well, okay, you're having a laugh there, movie. buddy. I'm not I, I, I'm I don't not. know. I feel like that could be argued. I'm uh, this is off the top of it my head. It could be argued. It's One day very, it will be. It could no. be argued. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll think about this more. I definitely. Uncut it, Gems, even, Midsummer, even anything. La- uh, waves. Last year, there's three movies that are better than it. I'm sorry, guys. 
I can't Shoot. agree with you. Okay, no, no, I'm, I'm still putting it in the top three. I'm still keeping it. Uh, you're ridiculous. All right, all right this is uh, this is okay. This uh, this sounds like a podcast for another day, guys. That's very true. That's a good best point. Best eight twenty four. The good one. Yeah, best eight twenty four. Yeah. Um, what was the uh, the other things they liked? Um, oh, let me find a specific. Oh, I liked how each character like had their moment. You know, everybody gets yeah. their their moment. Obviously, Fonda gets a fair amount of them, but every everybody had like. Their, their stuff i particularly liked um when we talked about the stockbroker like the sweating thing yeah uh, i really liked how like disciplined he was where he was like you know what you've made excellent points so far he, he looks at it purely based on reason he's like you make great points i can't get over these two things and then he goes up uh, he talks about those two things he's like all right i'm there now you proved it but he took the emotion out of it so yeah. well oh, um yeah. even oh shoot i dropped my pen uh even in the uh like uh, we talk about the racist guy who I think he was like, uh, they, they're animals. They're from the slums. Uh, but then, you know, the stockbroker phrased it. Uh, it was like, a, we know these people have potential to be menaces to society. And he puts it in such like an eloquent way that you almost yeah, like skip over though, it. Even though they're the same exact thing, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's another reason why they kind of like use it in like business schools or kind of like marketing yeah. or whatever, you know, justice. Like psychology like sometimes. Yeah, maybe, exactly. You know. Kind of like the way you that you phrase things a lot of times like you know kind of uh has more to do with it than whatever you're saying that makes the most difference yeah while we're on the while we're on journal number three i mean lee j cobb that man's a that man's oh, a underrated so legend yeah he, uh, he you touched on it before he really does bring it in every single thing i mean this this man was in on the waterfront with marlon brando i mean come on the man of the west uh, the exorcist yeah i mean jesus christ man as a career every single one of these guys this is kind of just like a this kind of is just like a just like an amalgamation of just fantastic talent of the day i mean joseph sweeney the guy that played the old man i mean he was on he was in the man in the gray flannel i mean the fastest gun alive obviously this i uh, uh, henry fonda we don't even need to we don't, we don't even, even need to mention that we, uh, that's inherent you know and uh what is it jack bugman the guy that played uh he was like the guy that was uh, inferred. To, you know, he kind of like lived in the slums before. You know, it mm-hmm. took a little bit of time to get to get out. I mean, he was he was a he was a big TV actor of the day. He was in uh, he was in The Odd Couple. I think it was, it was called. That was his famous thing. Uh, obviously, this Days oh, of Wine and Roses. I this stack this, this cast is just stacked to the gills. Really, it's fucking, it, it's honestly insane to think. You know, even the guy Ed Begley, the guy that played the fucking racist. The uh, racist juror yeah. number ten. He, he, was he did a great job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every single one of these guys. Just... Dude, funnily enough, I think this whole cast is has passed away. Yeah, no, I that think is pretty. I... Aaron, that is really funny. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, as, I mean, I'm just saying, as sad as it is, like, <laughs> I, they, yeah, 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 all of these guys have for sure passed away. I forgot who was the. I think it was actually Jack Klugman, the juror yeah. number five. He was the last one to pass away. 2012. He, 2012. He was the last juror, you know, uh, of the original 12 Angry Men to, to pass That's away. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them passed away in the in older. the 80s and yeah. early 90s. Yeah, which yeah. is uh, rough. Uh, he's older yeah. than I'm assuming all of our parents. I think my yeah, parents. No, oh, was, definitely. Uh, yeah. This was this was this is this is like a full 10 years older than even my dad. I mean, he's he's this, two is, years older this is like our grandparents, like movies, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. No, they went to like the cinemas to watch this. I'm doing some math here. Double features. My grandfather born. (laughs) I think my my grandmother was my grandmother. For 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 perspective, my my great grandfather was born as in the same year as one of these actors. 
I'll put that uh, in perspective for you guys. Oof, yeah, this is yeah quite Jesus a picture. Yeah, and then uh, and I, then I, one of them, one of the actors was born, or the old guy was born, uh, sixteen years before him, before oh my, my great grandfather. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, he was probably yeah. There's you're gonna have some guys in here that were born in the 1800s. Yeah, 1884, wild. I think, was. Jesus Christ! That's that's 15 that years before. Um, what was that western we watched? Don't tell me! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! Uh, uh, you know my name is nobody. There yeah, that's yeah. 15 years before my name is nobody. Before is set. my name is nobody. Jeez. Um, it, yep. That's fucking insane. I mean, seriously, I, this. Uh, what's it called? Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, I would like to uh, to point out that the man Robert Weber was in Hysteria, which is just a classic of fucking nice. just one of those uh, one of those like uh, uh, great mysteries uh, of all time. Uh, just a fun aside, and, and he was also in Revenge of the Pink Panther, the original one. Very so nice. That's real funny. Yeah. Also, I really liked um, the the like wry smiles Henry Fonda would give whenever somebody like made a realization. You know, kind of like yeah. prideful, like he's happy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was that was really nice, really cute. Um, but also, he has such like a reassuring, like old school Hollywood voice. You know, I really, really enjoyed does. that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones that can just talk you to sleep. You know, just like in a good way, though. You know, damn right. Just by yeah, the sound of their voice is it, very, very soothing. Very like a like just like quintessential like father voice almost. You know, very fatherly voice. Definitely, or grandfather voice even. Yeah, even yeah. Probably, yeah, probably. He's, yeah, no. I, I, I think I wanted to mention. Oh God, one, another one. Uh, one of the many fantastic scenes in this film, the one where he's going on uh, uh, when uh, juror number ten, I believe, uh, going on his racist rant. The final one, the final racist rant. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. each each one of the jurors just starts to step away. Yep. Yeah. One by one. God. Excellent. Uh, that was. Oh God, that was just amazing and just like not even allowing the ignorance to be heard you know what i mean treating ignorance with with uh with, with ignorance you know it's it's like yeah, uh, yeah. It's fantastic really that was excellent i i, I love that scene because even like the scene. even like the guys that like are agreeing with him like i think it's i think i talked about this a little, like a little bit in my yeah. opening remarks but even the guys that agree with him are just like no this is not yeah, what even they this had is about. to acknowledge yeah even they had to acknowledge that this is this yeah. this is far too he was so like yeah yeah, he was so shaken by it like he doesn't talk again for the movie just like he looks shocked for the the only thing he says is guilty or not guilty right yeah no he just shakes his head head. oh yeah you're right yeah yeah i think and and the stockbroker the only one that didn't step away theoretically technically step away even though he stepped away in 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 mind he he just absolutely shuts him down like uh well like uh we did hear you now now uh, now sit don't down. open your mouth again. Don't, yeah. don't open your mouth. Oh god, that was fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, I, I, we've touched so many times on how phenomenal this acting is, and not a single actor received a nomination from this cast. Yeah, well, this was very. Uh, this was a. This was a low key, almost like a failure at the box office. This yeah. is actually like a, an actual failure. It's nominated for three office. Oscars though. Yeah, it got nominated. Yeah. Let me, let me see what, uh, what Oscars we got Bridge here. On, Best picture. Bridge on the River Kwai won yeah, that year. Bridge under the River Kwai, yeah, which is another fantastic. Writing, one. director, but, picture is what we got. Yeah, this one, this one, this one's definitely. I mean, this is just uh, definitely top three Henry Fonda movies of all time. I think he maintained that this is. Uh, he was a producer on this. If I yeah, he was. If I'm not uh, remembering 
remember correctly, but you yeah, definitely correct. yeah, this is fantastic movie. I think this is this is uh, probably uh, this uh, the Oxbow Incident and Once Upon a Time in the West are probably the three best my my three favorite Henry Fonda roles. Yeah. All right, so we'll get to our uh, final remarks here. I'll kick us off. Obviously, just freaking love this movie so much. It's just an amazing character study. There's phenomenal acting from everyone. I think Fonda and Cobb in particular were just amazing. Uh, writing and cinematography are just spectacular. Uh, I mean, the way they're able to like have purpose with their shots and keep it interesting throughout, even though they're in one room, is so impressive. Uh, it's definitely worthy of its classic reputation. Uh, you know, we talked about, like, you know, uh, Casablanca, Citizen Kane, Grapes of Wrath, Gone with the Wind, all that stuff. And sometimes it feels like with these older movies, like people talk about them just so we don't forget them. But then when you watch a movie like this, you're like, wow, this is this is really good. This was like a phenomenal movie. The way they peeled away layers and how they set up characters and stuff, um, it, it met and exceeded my expectations. I highly recommend it. I think it's a must watch. It's incredible. Uh, and I'm going to give it 10 out of 10. I don't see how it could be, be better than anything else. Like I don't know where they went wrong. Uh, so I'm going to give it a perfect score. Yeah, no, this is, uh, you You said it best. I mean, really, this is just an absolutely perfection, uh, a perfectional film. This is just like a, a master class in writing. Any Anyone can view this film and find something to enjoy and take away and even learn from uh, in this film. It's, uh, they. I mean, they use it, they use it in business and, and, and just uh, criminal justice schools, for Christ's sake, as like a, it's kind of like way, it's psychology schools kind of ways of, of uh of, of seeing how to convey information to get you know change an opinion or get someone on your side of an argument and it's it's fantastic it's it's great just like uh showing almost like all the best and, uh, and in some ways worst parts of the american justice system well uh, what, uh and it's just phenomenal it cannot be better it's 10 out of 10 for me uh i I, I feel like we're we're being boring with our responses here, with them um, <laughs> us all being like just gushing over this film. But I think if any film is deserving of it, it out of the ones that we've watched, it's this one. This this movie is so impressive. It's uh, I said that it wasn't super ambitious at the beginning, but in the same way, it, it is. It's it's an ambitious film in the most in the least ambitious way possible. It's not trying anything like super different or like out there. But what it succeeds in doing with like its limitation set is truly impressive. I think that all of the acting is phenomenal. Like Spencer said, this is a, a movie where I can't point to anything in any of the actors and see anything wrong. Same with the cinematography and the technical aspects. Even like the, I'm sure there was some like ADR work in here because in old older movies there always was. But I I I didn't catch anything from it. I didn't catch any like you know anything any mistakes even. This is just, I think Gio said it best when he put it in the, the master class. It's the, this is classic American cinema. This is what you watch when you're in film school and you need to look at a, a movie for where every single thing about it goes correctly. From the writing to the cinematography to character blocking. Literally any anything that you're studying in a film school can be seen as a perfect 10 out of 10 in this film. And that's why I think it's such an impressive movie. 
It's such a learning experience, and I'm was happy to watch it for the second time. I am also giving it a 10 out of 10. Nothing could have been better. Thank you for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. Till the next time, I'm Spencer. I'm Aaron. I'm Gia. And this has been the 35mm Colonoscopy Podcast, telling you to be a juror number eight in a room full of juror number 10s. Thank you.